One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everyone. It is the Redmen podcast. Preseason will be kicking off later on today on the Tuesday. Uh, we are here to discuss Liverpool's bits and pieces that happen in and around that as well. I'm Paul Machen. Chris Pajak joins me in the studio, freed from childcare for the whole day, two days. Two days, Woo! two days, baby. Outstanding. Uh, Emma Sanders and Ross Chandley join us as well. Um, both happy, both smiling, both a little bit sun-kissed. Uh, what a time to be alive. What they are is they're both deeply, deeply sweaty and uncomfortable, but we'll, we'll accentuate the positives on this. Uh, how are you feeling? The same. How's your Polish blood holding up? Not great. <laughs> Doesn't deal well with the sun. <laughs> Yeah, melting is a word that I've used a lot over the last few days. You're looking great, though. Looking oh, great. Thanks, uh, we've got a bunch of kickoff questions. One provided by our guest Emma Sanders, which we'll come to. Um, Scott Woods um, kicks things off. Says, "Why don't fellas seem to wear socks anymore?" Baffles me. Um, yeah, it is a, a London trend that's been sweeping, growing up the country over the last couple of years. I think um, I do. I to wear full on like trousers and proper leather shoes and then to not wear socks I think is a bit mad but then Chris Page like speaking as a man who is currently today in flip-flops and sliders socks and socks flip-flops sliders the flip sliders yeah you know this you've got a pair I, I, I have a pair of flip-flops yeah yeah, they, are. they are called. When did they get? When did they start being called sliders as well? By the way, I don't know this. I, I do it too. But when? When did this? When did this happen? No idea. I've noticed the mad trend that people. You're meant to wear socks. Sorry, I'll come to Emma and Ross in a minute. But I've got to be <laughs> bonnet over this. People wear no socks when they're wearing trousers and shoes, but now wear socks when they're wearing flip-flops. The world's gone fucking mad. I wear socks all the time, pretty much. Yeah. It's not very often. Like I won't wear them with like the um, what are the Brazilian ones with the thing between the toe. If you're wearing socks Thongs. with them, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, it looks like you've got a teenage mutant ninja turtle foot if you do yeah, that. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I wouldn't wear I wouldn't wear anything with them. But other than that, I'm pretty much I'm a sock guy. Yeah, Ross, are you a sock guy? I am sock guy, yeah. Um, <laughs> you don't just, just get sweaty shoes if you don't wear socks. If you don't wear socks, though, that's the, that's the whole point of fucking wearing them. Yeah, no, that's mad. See, it's definitely girls tend to get away with it more. Emma, are you a sock person? Oh yeah, no, I'm a sock person. Like even though I'm like sweltering in the in the flat today, I'm still wearing socks just walking around the flat. I don't I don't like not wearing socks. But I didn't think this was this was a thing with men. I thought it was if anything the other way around. It was too many socks, like Chris. Too many socks. socks. <laughs> You've got three on. 
don't want to know where the third one is, ladies and gentlemen. But he's just in case. <laughs> you never know when pre-com's coming out. Why no? <laughs> no, you see, you just tantalise a bit of that. You just intimate it. <laughs> fucking pre-com. Oh Can't believe God. he's just. Just fucking it's usually, brilliant. Usually he or us, to be honest, but that says it. No, don't. Yeah, fucking. <laughs> that says it. That says it. <laughs> Uh, move on, move on. Next question. We are going to be talking about oh, dear God. Marco Grujic, Teo Awani, and possibly now Phyllis being on the move. Uh, obviously, there's been a lot of talk about Jordan Henderson. Uh, we'll be coming to that as well. Uh, and Diego Jota being back in training. We will come to the Liverpool stuff. Um, but if someone will doubtless after the fact put time codes in the uh, in the comments, please warn. If I don't warn them. <laughs> Don't warn them about the pre-com chat and <laughs> see, see how they live their lives from now on. Like us, all in the universe that mean, that we that exist in which we've heard that discussion and everything that followed. I feel like I've got more sunburn in the last 20 seconds because my face <laughs> is redder. <laughs> Old um, Right, Andrew JB. Uh, it says, following the release of Space Jam and New Legacy, uh, if a Liverpool player was to be trapped in digital space by rogue AI with their child and they had to lead a team of Looney Tunes to victory in a footy match to escape, which player are we most backing to get the win? I don't want to do any spoilers for Space Jam and New Legacy, um, but it's also Space Jam and New Legacy. Um, I'll take any one, then. Shock. <laughs> yeah. There is one big spoiler which I won't give away on that, but yeah, you've got a little less. There's a Lebron's got a character arc, and his character arc is a bit of a knobhead, and he learns to be slightly less of a knobhead. Okay, um, nice. so Bugs Bunny die? No. What? What say? That's like just chill out, Chris. Don't want any time codes. Time codes. Um, <laughs> so, who? Which Liverpool player has got like a? Maybe there's a there's a story arc there where him actually playing alongside the Looney Tunes is going to give him, a, you know, he's going to learn a lesson whilst also winning the winning the day. Virgil van Dijk. Okay, yeah. Well, it's just obvious. He made us fucking amazing, so he can do it with a bunch of no marks as well. Yeah. So that's the way. That's the way it is. You know what I mean? What's his character arc there, though? He just well, gets come to back carry on being boss. He's just come back Vinji, and he can still do it. Okay, so I need that pull. Yeah. I need to know that he can still do it yeah. prior to pre-season games yeah. and the league. So if he can do it, please, that would be great. Okay, wicked. Ross? My, th- my thought was Mo Salah initially. You know, he's got he's got the backstory of, you know, where, where he's kind of come from, what he's, what he's had to achieve, which, again, LeBron says quite a few times in that film. Spoiler, spoiler alert. But also his daughter did a kick about Anfield. So, you know, and she's boss of footy. So why not get her involved as well? Yeah. Come back. He's, he's the hero that we all need. Yeah, absolutely. Emma, who would you see in a Looney Tunes slash Liverpool fight for the future style video game? Well, I, I whittled it down to a three-man shortlist, um, which was Alison, Bobby and Hendo. But I went with Bobby because, well, he's just a loony, isn't he? So Yeah. And he's box office. There's a chance yeah. he's actually already in, in there. He's already in There's a in chance you, you get him as a player <laughs> already. <laughs> <laughs> he's well, actually thought, get like, Bobby as a free hit. Like extendable legs, and then just do his karate kicks as part of his Looney Tunes, yeah. dude character. I, I, I think there's a there's a very Who Framed Roger Rabbit style thing that's going to happen in his career at some point when he pulls off the rubber mask and he is a cartoon underneath, nice. um, and, and and no one is surprised as well. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, fair enough, Bobby. Yeah, okay, yeah, makes makes absolute perfect sense. No, I like the Virgil shout. I like the idea of because he's got he's got a. 
LeBron-style quality to him, and that he's just the best in the world at what he does. But maybe does he does he maybe take it all a bit too seriously, and does he need to have a bit more playfulness added to his life by the medium of Bud Bunny and Daffy Duck? We'll have to find out. Um, okay, uh, one for the people uh, at home to have a little play along with, um, which we'll come back to after the break from Emma Sanders, who did uh, did specifically request. Uh, to have a question this week, even though she's already on it, she said you sent Bobby Firmino. In fact, Emma, do you want to ask you ask your own question? That seems a bit redundant. Me reading your words. Yeah, I mean, I basically said if you could send Bobby to the Audi, I was told that's what it's called, the Audi. Yeah. Uh, if you send Bobby to the Audi with a shopping list, but he actually comes back with five items that you didn't ask for, what would they be? Brilliant. Okay, let us know. In the comments, in the live comments, or you can just do it after the fact in the comments if you want. Uh, we're going to take a very, very short break. We've got a full exclusive interview with Liverpool boss Jürgen Klopp. Yes, the gaffer had a boss little chat with me uh, and it is in, streaming in its entirety on the RedmenTV.com. Here's a little look at that. Chelsea Man City game, you guys go to Formby Hall. Um, what, are you, what are your sort of memories of, the, of that being arranged and, and, and that night itself, if you can actually remember anything from the night? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have quite... But on that night, I have good memories. So um, so we won our game, obviously, and every next day is um, could be um, a decisive day. And um, so and I really wanted... It was It's so strange, and you, you don't know... Nobody plans a, 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 a trophy celebration without anybody around, you don't know it. We are a bit superstitious, so you don't say four weeks beforehand and we will do this and that and that. It's always kind of spontaneous, which is completely fine. So I decided that day, okay, tomorrow we go to Formby Hall, we book all the rooms again, uh, which we had anyway most of the time because of when we played the games, we had to go there as well. Um, let's have, let's look, to watch the first game. I forgot what was the first game, but it was the other game before that, that night, and then watch the Chelsea-Man City game. And honestly, it's not my favorite way to, to, to become champion, but it was a good one. It was completely fine, to be honest. Much better than I would have expected. And um, it was absolutely great. So sitting there, and, and it was clear now, with the win the day before, it was clear we will be champion. So even I knew then it will happen, but we wanted, to happen, we wanted it to happen now, in this moment. And it was great. So it was really nail-biting and stuff like this, and the, the goal and penalty, no goal, and a penalty red card, and all these kind of things was involved. Absolutely outstanding night. Um, and we made the best of it, to be honest. We made absolutely the best of it. It's a, a night I will never forget in my life, uh, which... I'm 53, I had a few nights, so it means, and I forgot most of them, so that means something. Hey, welcome back. Yes, uh, there is a segment of that interview available for free right now on the YouTube channel, so if you want to go and check that out ahead of time, then do it. If you want to get the full thing, then yeah, just go over to theredmentv.com and sign up. Uh, also, we've got an amazing competition running for people who join over there at club legend level. That will follow at the end of the podcast, so stay tuned for that. Uh, we've got a signed Jordan Henderson print um, to give away, which is pretty cool, uh, and a couple of other boss little things as well. But yeah, Better do it, at least a Liverpool player. Eh? Yeah, absolutely. That's <laughs> your <laughs> rising value. We go after this point, so yeah, grab it now. Um, right, yes, uh, we have our day. Yes, super chat coming from Scott Hawks uh, during the break. Saying it's two thirty-five a.m. and I find out Chris's favourite soft brand is Crunchy. <laughs> yep, it's early morning with the Red Men. It's like a cup of espresso, espresso ready for a new season. Yeah, if you were awake, you're awake. You bloody well are now. Um, 
Yeah, uh, we've had some interesting suggestions. Uh, largely, I say interesting, we've had a lot and lots of people doing variations on a theme. Uh, Utkarsh Gupta says toothpaste would be in Bobby's. Uh, would be, but Bobby's bringing back from Aldi. A lot of people saying toothpaste, 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 toothpaste. Um, different types of brands of toothpaste. Um, I personally, Emma, can't help but feel that the, that middle section of Aldi is just made for Roberto Firmino. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was kind of what I was thinking about when I asked the question. I was like, all that random shit that you see in Aldi. So I just... He's I, coming I, back with like a pair of like chainsaw pants, chainsaw yeah. resistance pants for, for cutting trees down, like a sort of a stepladder. You know he's chasing his wife around with a leaf blower. Oh, God, yeah, like a Bluetooth, a Bluetooth toothbrush. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, some children's books. Um Nice. Yeah, and, um, well, I actually went and checked out all these special middle aisle things for this week and this week only. So I've got them up, what okay. I actually think, oh, in front of me on my screen right now. So I've gone with the Vitini Party Cooler. Um, it's $199.99. Uh, I think he'll go for a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, an electronic ride on JCB quad bike. Oh, yes. I think I can see Bobby just Absolutely. Yeah, riding one of them. Um, a Kirkton... Oh, that was about forty-seven ninety-nine, I think. Uh, the Kirkton House Silver Glass Lantern. Not sure what he'd use it for, nor is he, but I think he'd buy it. I think he'd fill it with, like, doll heads or something. Skittles, yeah, one of them. Um, auto excess scented screen wash for one ninety-nine, um, because you, you, you can't turn down that price, can you? And probably a mango would be my last one. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Ross, what's he coming Good back one. with? I, um, I went for the same sort of theme as the, the Mad Bastard Isle, which is just the Bobby Isle. Um, so I went for a 10-man tent, uh, a 15-kilo bag of dog food, your wallet, a shopping trolley, and someone else's car. <laughs> Spot on. Yeah, I don't think we could have got that any better. Um, I am um, Jabs uh, and Nine say, what is this? Talk about football. Welcome to the podcast. Um, yeah, I believe I believe you look if you want sensible sensible football chat. It's the Anfield rap you're looking for. Um, we'll do. We'll get there. We'll get there. So, um, right, sound. Let's dive into the footy chat. I just want to say welcome aboard to Karim El uh, El Mardi as well who's joined as a member. Cult hero. Uh, you're gonna get the Reds transfer roundup show, which is the bonus show for members at. Cult uh, hero and cult uh, club legend, whatever. Run the kids. That's the one. It's been a while since I've done that. Um, yeah, bonus show every week for YouTube members at those tiers. So yeah, get involved with that. Right, <laughs> Liverpool stuff. Um, Gruyich, our knee on the way, Chris. Um, there's talk six point five million for Tewo, ten point five for Marco Gruyich, both permanent deals. Um, sounds this feels to me. I know we'll come on to the Hendo stuff, and the Hendo stuff was a little bit more stressful than I think we needed in our week. But this feels a little bit like Liverpool's transfer is window starting to unknot itself a little bit when these moves start to happen. Yeah, I think so. I think obviously, you know, 17 million for the pair of them. I think Liverpool probably were hoping for more like 14 for Gruwich, weren't they? Um, but looks like it's going to be about 10 and a half million for him in the end, I think. That they'll be a little bit disappointed uh, not to be able to get the full value. What I find interesting about both moves is probably that they both were on loan there last season. Mm -hmm. So these guys, these guys already know the team and all that type of stuff. So they'll probably be quite open for it and stuff. But you're right, Liverpool need to start getting some of these player sales done and dusted. And one of the things that I think being Michael Edwards and being Liverpool Football Club at the moment is you, you kind of you're a victim of your own success almost, especially when you you look back at the the players that went out to Bournemouth, 
for example, and what they did after they went to Bournemouth and for the amount of money Liverpool got and your likes of Brewster maybe from last season, you don't want to be taken for a ride by Liverpool Football Club when you're buying off them. Yeah. And so with Liverpool being very much at the moment and, and always sort of have been under FSG sell to buy, it must be quite difficult because they know you're hanging out for the biggest thing. But also, if you're willing to wait that little bit longer, you might be able to get a, a better deal off Liverpool because they need that money in the door so that he can ship it out to probably buy players. Mm-hmm. So it actually strengthens your hand in some ways and you are a little bit of a victim of your own success with player sales. Yeah, but the thing is, yeah, I suppose that's true, but it, it's always been true. But we that's always been how Liverpool's model works. But we normally buy first. We've, yeah. we've tended to sort of buy that big player, haven't we? So we got Canate through the door and stuff, but this season it does feel to me like, you know, we, we sat on that Coutinho money for a long time, didn't we? Um, you, you know, but this season it feels like Liverpool really need that money because of the pandemic and everything else, where I, I'm not sure we make the buys without having the money in the bank first. Yeah, I suppose there's, that, there's the care. I mean, there's also, I think it, it ties into two things, doesn't it, Ross? Is that, I'm not, Chris is probably right, but I think it's half of the story. The other half is that there's no space in the squad to buy anyone, you know, unless we buy, sure. unless we buy a homegrown player. So it was all, it's all well and good. And that actually only exacerbates. And, and probably harms Liverpool's position in selling because all of a sudden, not only do people know you need money, but they know you desperately need to clear squad space. So you know, I think there's a, there's a there's a real careful balance being struck. And and also look at look at the Gruyere stuff for example, ten and a half million. You, that's basically ten million profit because what did we pay five 5.4. million for him five years ago? He's been on a, on a contract for that length of time, which means you've extracted the full value of that found five million in the way that you know amortization works and all and that. Probably we had loan fees. Yeah, yeah. So you'll have made a, a, you'll yeah. have made a, an amazing profit on Gruyere, all told. And and there's a ten percent sell on clause of both those players as well. Mm-hmm. And Neil Jones was reporting this morning, so there's you know there's further funds there to, to be had as well. I think it's really it's really hard. I never thought of it like like Chris has put there, but also I was always I always heard on the side of Liverpool aren't going to come out and say they've got loads of money. So therefore, the PR was was handled quite well because they, they keep the cards close to the chest and what they need to do. But having said that, you know those players will want want to move as well. That also weakens Liverpool's hand because I'm sure Gruitch doesn't want to keep on going out on loan every five minutes to, to different clubs and stuff like that. So it is hard. I th- I think it's I think it's decent money for the parents. To be honest, you know they have hardly kicked the ball for Liverpool. I'm I'm, I'm so happy I can stop talking about Gruitch scoring a damn header against Barcelona in pre-season. We'll never have that conversation ever again. But also goes towards the, the motions of, of Liverpool getting more players in, which is what I'm excited about because we needed this to happen. And it's no surprise it's happened now because we had the Euros within the season. It was all pretty quick. Now we're into pre-season, which is why I shocked me because, as Chris says, Jürgen tends to like his players getting in early so they can be bedded in for pre-season. We've not had that yet, but getting the, the, the wheels in motion like in, in the nicest possible way. I'm glad to see the back of them because we need to start getting money into spike players. Yeah, well, and again, it's just you, you, you just you need to just things need to happen, don't they? Yeah, these are also the two hardest probably players to get rid of, and and for decent money because they're really not part of Liverpool's plans. Let's say Shakiri and Rigi, you can make a point if you were in a transfer negotiation. We'll keep them round. They'll yeah. play games because they have. Yeah. But with Grewich and Ty, well, you're not going to be able to do that because yeah. you might you might be able to go. Oh look, we're going to give him a chance. You know, they clearly weren't going to give him a chance this this summer. Yeah, and we do we do this every year, don't we? When people come back to preseason, and you presume that everyone's given a clean slate, whereas we'll never know. We don't really know at the time who it's. Some will be like we don't we don't know. Taki Minamino is a good example of this. We don't know if he's on the same list of players as these lads, 
or whether he's on a list of players who's in he's in between, or if he's on a list of players of he's absolutely staying at the football club, no no questions asked because we're outside the bubble on this. These are lads who quite clearly, to, I think the point is spot on there. If if we want a Gujic, you just keep, you just keep him. We'd yeah. have been we'd have used them. There was there was need for them at, at points, you know, over the last couple of years. Um, so to to go and get ten and a half million pounds for them, in a given everything that's been discussed, I think it's yeah, it's all right, isn't it? Yeah, I I think it's a win win for everyone. Um, I I get Chris's point about Roach perhaps being one of the the harder players to go, but personally, um, you know, I was having a chat about homegrown players last week, I think. And I, I thought Gruich was going to be pretty much like the first one that Liverpool got out the door, only because he'd had the loan spells. And it was quite obvious that he wanted to go. As you say, Liverpool didn't want to make any use of him. So I think in terms of other clubs coming in, they know while Gruich is there, he's available. We shouldn't really have any issues in terms of getting it getting him in. It was obviously around the, fa- the finances and whether or not Liverpool could get the money that they wanted. And I think, like you say, to get 10 million odd for him, it's in my eyes a profit. So I yeah, I just think it's really it's it's good business and I think it's good as Ross says for Liverpool to now kind of move on and start bringing some more players in. What's interesting, sorry Paul, I've not heard anything about whether these are, you know, one-off fees or whether it's going to be done over a couple of payments or something like that. And you normally hear you normally hear that on transfer ins, don't you? Very rarely sort of hear it on transfer outs, especially around this sort of money. Yeah, exactly. Because no one's asked that that kind of money, it's only when it gets to the big to the big books, the people have to have to sort of stress it, stress it a bit, don't they? The 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 the, the, the Awanimi stuff's really interesting because that's another example of okay, yeah, I think you're right, Chris. Is that in an ideal world and like if there's no pandemic, I think you're getting at least fifteen for Gujic, maybe slight maybe slightly more because why wouldn't you? He's playing a Champions League level. That doesn't seem a massive, you know what I mean? That's not a massive amount of money for lads who've got that level of experience and what have you. But you look at Tewo and it's like, that's a great example of how brilliant Liverpool have sort of masterminded him. You know, came in, couldn't get a work permit to play in this country. We've just shipped him out on loan until he's able to get one. And all of a sudden, we've made six and a half million pounds on a lad who's nowhere near of the standards to play, to play for Liverpool. That's like... He was in no one's thoughts and considerations at the end of the season for how you start to build a bit of bit of dough. But six and a half million quid in the coffers all of a sudden for a lad who was, you know, he'd have just been floating around the academy otherwise, and we definitely wouldn't have got that for him if he'd just been playing under twenty threes football. No, not a chance. I, I mean, look, they pay four hundred thousand, so it's six point one, isn't it? I mean, and again, had, over that exactly over four years, six years, not, you know, it's been mental yeah. that he's not had that opportunity. But we know the rules. Um, Liverpool weren't able to get him that work permit and stuff like that. To be able to turn a six million pound profit on a lad that you've never really this is the first preseason you've even joined up with them. Yeah, like he's been there for a week and now he's gone. Yeah, like it's madness, isn't yeah. it? When you can well, see, he's, he's been having training holidays because that's all he's allowed. He's been coming in for like two weeks every year because he's allowed like a holiday that visa basically to come in and kick a footy around and then straight back mm-hmm. off. So yeah, it is. It's it's funny. I think it's funny because it's first when he was noticed them because yeah, he'd been on the training photos and he was like towering over the other front three lads and was like, oh, what about this guy? And I saw someone just googled him. Yeah, he looks really limited. <laughs> it's like okay, yeah, fine, well, great. Let's move him. Let's move him on and crack on. 
sorry for is it um Knowlton the 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 now um he was like did an article yesterday like what what could this season mean for you know and then uh, next day he's gone and yeah. it's like wow that that article didn't last very long yeah, yeah. it's the fast paced world well well that's, it shows that things are actually starting to move doesn't it Ross and you know we've seen uh, another one as well Nat Phillips nothing <clears throat> nothing concrete on him at the moment but you know Ben White fifty million pounds to Arsenal like. I, that, the real face says it all. That was my reaction to it. I was, I was, I was talking to my brother-in-law about this. He was like, oh, Simon, Ben White, 50 million. I was like, me. Like, he's sound, isn't he? But what that does is... Be the second most expensive Englishman, I think. It, certainly Defender. Yeah, I mean, John Stones was 50-ish, wasn't he? I no, think, I, don't like, think, I don't think he was, was quite he 50. I think he was, like, more 40-ish. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. Well, God, that's insane. Um, but, yeah, what that does is that means the Brighton are cash rich now. There'll be no shortage of interested takers, I think, in Premier League level for Nat Phillips. Now, there's a bit, there's a question mark of whether we want to move him on or not. You know, particularly when we come back to this homegrown debate. Um, but that, you know, we talk about to Chris's point of like now Michael Edwards knows that one of the clubs that want Nat Phillips, I've got fifty million quid burning a hole in their ass pockets. Be interesting to see what we manage to generate for him. Yeah, it's the same with the Vicarigi as well. I think Dortmund obviously sold Sancho. Are we, are we parking in front of the, the stadiums going, ah, is this the boss striker here? Um, but yeah, it's, it's the domino effect of what we said a couple of weeks ago. You know, you have to wait to see, A, what the market's like and B, you know, who's who's selling who. Um, I think when you're saying before about this, there's people in certain brackets, and I think you mentioned Minamino, I think Phillips is in there. I think he might be one of those ones with Liverpool will be quite happy to keep. But if someone comes in with a decent offer, you know, and he's going to go towards more fees or maybe John Henson's new contract, which we'll come on to later. Liverpool might consider offers. Now, I think you pay you, you pay a premium for an English tax on players, which you know, which is why I kind of raised an eyebrow at Ben White. Well, transfer fees are often what, what that player does to that club. So Arsenal yeah. are going to pay hand over fist because they're shite at defending. So they're going to pay more for, for a decent defender. And Brighton are going to want, want the money's worth. But the danger Brighton have got now is everyone knows they've got, they've got a bit of money. So, you know, to, to give him Divock as well in my opinion just to defend the, the Arsenal fans watching start an action they've actually got quite a good defensive record but the, the point is to your point is like is right and um, I was thinking about this about the Virgil van Dijk thing you know we, we paid £75 million for Virgil van Dijk he wasn't worth that you know, you don't buy players from Southampton for that amount of money which is the, with the greatest respect to Southampton that like that's what you should be paying for lads from Real Madrid and Barcelona and Liverpool and 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 that kind of thing, but it is that it's it's what that person's worth to your club. I don't know yeah. that Nat Phillips therefore falls into that category because Ben White is a bear, is a ball playing defender, and that's what Arsenal are looking for. They're looking to replace David Luiz in terms of someone who can carry the ball out of defence. But again, you know, there's going to be. It just means that we, again, it's 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 an opportunity for Michael Edwards to do what Michael Edwards does. You've yeah. now got potentially Burnley on the line. You've got Brighton on the line, and there might be one or two other other, other clubs that he'll just be feeling a bit more relaxed about the whole situation. And because because again, there's no there's no need or rush really to sell that Phyllis if we don't want to. Yeah, I think that's the key for me. Is that personally, I, I would be looking at more maybe shipping Reese Williams, but then you know his value is naturally going to be lower than than Nat Phillips. So if if you feel like you can afford both of them but maybe not both at the same time then then I guess Nat Phillips is is the one that's going to probably bring you in more more money isn't he but I think I, I'd keep him around personally as as probably the fourth choice um yeah. but this yeah. is where go on yeah I was gonna yeah, say think... it's it, just to like sort of be on the flip side shut up Chris no joke <laughs> uh, to sort of be on the flip side though if you're 
if you're Brighton and you've got like 50, 50 million odd to spend and Liverpool are holding out going, oh, well, we want this, we want we want this. Well, they can say, oh, well, you know what, we've got enough money that we can perhaps look elsewhere now and maybe get somebody mm, yeah. of, of a higher quality. So there is, I think there is a flip side and there's like a very, very small line that you've got to kind of stay under. So it'll be interesting what happens. Go on, Chris, you can talk now. I think for me, I, you know, 15 million quid, Nat Phillips ain't going to be as valuable as he is. And if all goes to plan, Nat Phillips ain't playing this season. So you've got to make a business decision at some point, haven't you? Whereas well, we could get what for him next season. Is his contract run out at the end of this year or is it the end of next season? I don't, honestly don't. You're not getting anywhere near his value if he doesn't play for another full season. So in some cases, you've got to strike while the iron's hot. Um, for the chess, we were offered Kabak for, what, six and a half last week? That's probably plummeting even more now because no one's taken him. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Can you get him for three and ship that Phillips out? Is there that much of a difference between the two players? But you've made 12, quid, 12 million quid profits. Even then, you know, even if you're not doing something like that and you're just looking that, you know, Reese Williams is going to improve, is going to get better. We know how young he is. In three, four years' time, is he going to be better than what Nat Phillips is now? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just think right now it, it seems the sensible decision monetarily like I wouldn't get rid of him because I'm fearful of the same shit happening that happened last season yeah. you know what I mean I'd keep Nat Phillips around because I know that if all else goes to pot we've got someone we can throw in the centre back line but you can't you can't run a football club in that with that fear hanging over your head no no and because I, it was a one off no, and look and, and again I don't think Liverpool worked that way because it's funny I've been reading um, Mel Reddy's book uh, about winning the title and it's obviously not just about last season or the season before it's about how they got there and the people in place and loads 
just look behind the scenes. But I'd, and it was a reminder, I know all this stuff because I've done, been doing this for years. And we've had loads of big chats with various journalists about, you know, the geniuses that Liverpool have got behind the scenes. But it was a nice reminder about the, the analytics team that Liverpool have got in place. There's PhDs working on this. We're just fans who are just terrified of, like, which you know, we're terrified of our own shadow at times when it comes to these things. There's lots of very, very clever people and everything's a gamble. But you got you, you put the smart money's on smart people. In, the, in those instances, and I feel like so far in this window, and this is completely undermined by the Hendo talk, by the way, but I will come to that in a sec, is that it feels to me like Edwards and Ian Graham and, and, and the likes of them have got a bunch of stuff just loosely lined up. You know, so there's about four or five players that we've clearly sounded out. You know, whether there's whether how much truth there is in the saw bid, I don't know. But clearly, we've asked about John McGinn. Clearly, we've asked about him. Clearly, we've asked about Noyles. Clearly, there's been some Ibrahima chat, and they'll have been they'll have received rough valuations back on all those players. And similarly for like players that we might be moving on, who's interested in X, Y, and Z? And there's some very loose, you know, some loose mathematics that probably goes on, you know, in, on top of heads. And then beside that, there's some incredible spreadsheet work on the likes of which we've never seen before that have got all of these different possible permutations all worked out. And as little things unlock, it just opens up different columns and different uh, different possible futures. We're at a nexus event kind of situation here. But there's a lot of things that need to happen. But I don't feel like any of this happens by accident to Liverpool. It will have done in the past, and which is why I feel generally quite calm about this. Um, and that's why I say that there's a, a, little, a real feeling personally of like seeing Gruyic move is like a oh, because he's just one that's been. It's a domino. Well, he's just a Halani Mark Two, Chris, yeah. where he's just going to end up. And, and Harry once the day Harry Wilson completes a permanent transfer to someone for for more than, for anything over eight million pounds, it's mad that a grown man should go should breathe a sigh of relief about something that has so little to do with me. But I'll feel even more confident that everything's going our way because it's just it means things are going. Yeah. How they're supposed to, how they're supposed to go. That being said, Chris Pajak, yeah, Jordan Henderson and all this fucking paper talk about him might, might, might leave, even leave this summer because contract negotiations are not proceeding very well. Um, I just didn't need it in my life. Did not need that in my life. I was so close to smashing my phone up, like when I got that text message off Ross, and I was like, "Are you fucking hell? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why do they have to go through this? Yeah. Why Just... can't they show a captain some love? Yeah. I mean, pre FSG, we had this bloody problem as yeah. well, didn't we, with Gerard? It's not. It's not fair." We've had a terrible season there by our high standards. And then you come into it and you you, you sort of accept that FSG are our owners. And for the majority, they've done really well. They've got us a league title. They've won us a European Cup. They've, they've made mistakes along the way. But, you know, they've kept the pieces of the puzzle together. They've I, want them to complete, I want to make an exception for players that I like. Yeah, well, they've, yeah. they've handed out new contracts for the likes of Mo Salah and Virgil van Dijk. And Alisson looks like he's about to sign and Mane might be getting a bumper new deal and stuff like that. Great. But what, like, I've just, I nearly cried my eyes out when Genie Van Alden left, you know what I mean? If Jordan Henderson goes as well, I'll be a broken man. Yeah. Like, you know what? Fuck off with your stupid fucking rule about not paying people sure, over 30 rules, yeah. and your analytics that prove things and I know that he's injured 50 he missed 15 games last season and he probably missed 22 over the last two years and stuff I don't care to be yeah. quite honest with yeah. you I just really like Jordan Henderson no. and I like that he's the captain of this football club because yeah, he's a really great person a really great footballer no, uh, pay the fucking man yeah. pay the man yeah. and shut your face I can like and that's the thing like I, I, for all I can make the case for like the Genie Wijnaldum thing but like 
but I, but yeah, it's like, but I do, and I love Gene Wijnaldum. Genuinely love Gene Wijnaldum. You know, he's another one of those places where he's had people who don't who didn't love him, and it's mad how they've all gone and, and completely changed the tune. Lots of them changed the tune since he's left. Um, but like Henderson, yeah, undoubtedly, I have you know followed his career avidly over a decade, and more importantly, like we've just done this Henderson documentary, and I have just spent. <laughs> the best part of six months writing a book about Jordan Henderson's 10 years at Liverpool, which is very close to coming out. And I could very much do with, look, I'll be honest, let, one way or the other, he either goes and let us know, or we just definitely, or we definitely could just nip this in the bud and he stays. Because either way, it's fine. For, as far as that can go, 10 years and out at Liverpool, we can sell that. Um, but, you know, uh, no, I, I wanted to stay because he's, he's amazing. And I, I'll be honest, Ross, I, I don't see there's a world where Liverpool sell Jordan Henderson this summer. <clears throat> he's got two years left on his contract. I just, I, I, that that feels very, it has all the hallmarks of a lot of posturing from Liverpool, who are very good at this kind of stuff, and you know the Jordan Henderson camp, who clearly see that his value right now is the highest it's ever going to be, both in terms of him on the pitch and off the pitch. Everyone now understands his value as a footballer and as a man and as a captain. Um, it's annoying that it has to be conducted in the public, though. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, uh, Groot just completed his move in the past five minutes. By the way, it's just throw, hey, throw that at you. Um, he's, go. he's gone. Um, the, the one was, um, yeah, it, it, it's hard because everything Chris said, I, I, I agree with. But if you take it on, on face value, you know, I, I understand it. I, I think I know. I, I don't want it in, in the public domain. It's not Jordan Anderson. You know, you're right. He might, he might be posturing. But also, I think from a fan's perspective, it makes sense to keep him and give him, give him whatever the fuck he wants. Jurgen Klopp exactly the same but from a business perspective it's not like he's not been offered a new contract they just haven't agreed it that's how that's how negotiations work they're just not in mm -hmm. not in our face every two minutes so i kind of get that the other danger is like being serious his injury record is isn't great for a first team and, and his age and you know i said last week on, on, a, on a on a different show that you know there's a danger to liverpool's posturing themselves of not giving genie new contract means that they will be bullied by agents and players to give into demands of what they want well, there's a knock-on effect from that, and one of them is Jordan Henderson, and it will be Salah, it will be Firmino, it will be Mane, and other players that they've got prioritising contracts for. Um, you don't want another situation where you've got Adam Lallana. I'm not saying Jordan Henderson is going to be that, but if you give him extend his contract, give him more money than he wants. Who's to say in two, three years' time his injury record doesn't get worse, and we're all sat there going, "We're well, paying 150 grand a week to who hardly fucking plays." Because everyone was annoyed at Adam Lallana for the same reasons, and I get if you take the emotion stuff out of it with Jordan Henderson, which I do agree with. From a business sense, it, it, it does make sense to, you know, not give him loads of money. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a, it's a tricky one, isn't it, Emma? Is that his importance to Liverpool is immeasurable, and it actually that's not even necessarily true because we've seen Liverpool are better when Jordan Henderson is in that team. England are better when he's in that team. It's and and it's it's so noticeable in his absence how much worse things are. Um. And again, it, 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 how he conducts himself and all the bits and pieces that you get as a result of that. There's more to it than this. There's clearly there's clearly more going on, isn't there? Because the point is, is that this is not, to Ross's point, this is not actually Liverpool saying we don't want Jordan Henderson because they didn't want him, they wouldn't be offering him a new contract. Liverpool clearly want him, but Jordan Henderson, I think. And I've seen people here saying like, you know, there's a DC in the comments and I don't get why he's asking for more wages when he knows he's, he's, he's by the end of his career. The point is, is that he's not, he's, you know, he's 31. He's got a contract till he's thirty-three. He'll feel that he can play on, or he'll feel that you know, another, you know, another couple of years he might have. He might. He should have. And also, 
I don't. We don't know the specifics. Is kind of what I'm driving at. But I don't think it's unfair to say that if he wants a little bit more money, he's more than he's more than entitled to ask for more money than he's on right now, because he's done more for Liverpool since his last contract than what he was doing previous to signing that one. Yeah, and I also think he's improved as a player over yeah. the last three or four years. So he's getting better and better. So he's thinking this is the best I've ever been consistently as a player. Yes, Ross is right. He has had injury concerns, but on the whole, his day-to-day work at Liverpool, whether that be on the pitch or off it, is way more than than what it what it was before signing uh, the, the contract. So naturally, yeah, he, he will want to pay rise. But then I also think it's a little bit of um, perhaps he needs that kind of faithful belief shown in him from the club because, you know, you've seen saw Liverpool go out and buy Thiago last season. You've obviously seen them sell Wijnaldum, who by all accounts was was the main midfield player in, in that in that sort of local team. He was the consistent, he was the one who was playing week in, week out, played more games than anyone. So if Henderson's seen the kind of what's happened around him and the fact that there could, you know, there wasn't really an agreement made with him and with what he wanted, then he's thinking, oh, I, I need that kind of belief and that that sort of show of faith. So by asking for a little bit more, maybe that's him testing the waters and thinking, do Liverpool see me as as one of their key players still, because if they do, then I should be on the same pedestal of those who are getting paid the most. Yeah. And if they're not going to get that, then I think that's an indication to Jordan of, well, you know, I could sign a new contract and it could be a long-term one, but if I'm going to be on the bench after a year or two, then is that what I want to do? Well, that's an, that is an interesting point, mm. you know, and I think the, the Genie Van Alden stuff makes it interesting, Chris, and maybe that's part and parcel of this, is that he doesn't want to end up in Genie's position, I don't think. I don't think he wants to end up in that you know situation down the line where it gets left and it gets left. Two years now. This is the time to start. This is the time to have these negotiations, not next year, because Henderson's in the strongest position he's going to be in, and actually Liverpool are as well. So maybe it leads to a little bit of loggerheads. But I can't see that a situation with the club captain doesn't get doesn't get solved fairly sharpishly. It it just sets his stall out here. He's going here. You go. Here's 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 what I want. You set, you go. Is is and Liverpool probably go in somewhere like, well, we're not going to give you exactly that because again, they're not. These are not stupid people. They'll find a way to make it work. Because again, if Liverpool had doubts, they would not be looking in any way, shape, or form to extenders. They would be going, well, if he's got injury problems, when let's just have the next two years and 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 fuck him off. Yeah, it's a difficult one. I think you know it would be much easier to take if we didn't have someone whose contract is going to end when he's. 36 years old and James Milner in in the squad you know because you can see there that actually you are making exceptions for older players when when it suits you why do you think they make that exception he probably didn't want as much money and he probably was accepting of his place in his squad he's also the fittest human being on planet Earth. yeah maybe uh, he had more injuries probably last season than he's had though hasn't he so you know one of them to balance it off against the thing with the Henderson thing for me is I think you hit the nail on the head a minute ago it's immeasurable what he brings to the football club and the amount of analytics, no analytics is going to show up what he does because you don't measure fucking someone walking around the corridor, like, you know what I mean, and, and, and all that type of stuff, which by all accounts, when you speak to people who work in and around the ground, who have access to the football club, that's what they understand that he brings. And, you know, you can hear you can hear him when he's playing football, how, how massively important he is to yeah. this side. Now, I get that he wants to be a first-team player, and he probably looks at it now and he, he's probably looking at it and going, am I going to be that first team player or are Liverpool going to upgrade on me in the next couple of years? Because I think for Mane and Salah, certainly, they're okay. 
that you know that they're fine. Yeah. Bobby Firmino, you might have a couple of question marks. He might himself have a couple of question marks. Jordan Henderson, I think, will have a couple of question marks. Well, think Liverpool he knows needs to start the, thinking yeah, about how you replace Henderson. I think he knows where Henderson. Fabinho is. Fabinho, obviously, either just signed a new deal or getting a new deal. Just signed, I think, hasn't he? If not, it's definitely Tiago, on the Tiago's just been brought in for big money last summer, and we saw at the end of last season how important he's going to be. So there's one space in the midfield that's at the moment going to be up for grabs. You know, he's just gone through something with England where he probably thought he was going to be starting every week and then all of a sudden didn't and was probably quite surprised and probably didn't like that. And that experience with England might actually have some part to do with where we are today mm. because he might think that was horrible and I can't do this as a person. What James Milner does in and around the squad, I'm, he, he might... Because uh, uh, Klopp talking in that interview, which we're releasing on the website in full, talks about Jordan and how horrible he is to have around the place <laughs> when he's not playing, when he's not playing <laughs> yeah. football. Yeah. And when you take that into account and maybe Jordan's starting to think about that, then is it a situation he wants to put himself in? The assurances might not be money. The assurances might be more, how many minutes am I going to get if yeah. I'm fit? That's, that's absolutely a possibility. Again, in the absence of it, you know, you, you, you're dead right on that. And again, it's it, we, don't know, we don't know enough. We don't know whether... What the circumstances were around the England stuff was that all just because he'd not played a football match since February and, and Gareth Southgate was actually being very careful with, with Jordan Henderson, which would be amazing if that was if that was true. Which you'd understand up until the final, in sure. which case oh, you're just yeah, yeah, there, yeah, you think he's your best midfielder. Yeah, yeah, and the um, and yeah, and, and whether it is it whether it is about a playing time sort of situation, but equally you've got like the Steven Gerrard example, who in hindsight would have bitten Liverpool's hand off for another year of being a marginalised player. Jamie Carragher would have done the same as well. At the time, you know, you do think, oh, no, I, I can't do this until you can't, until you literally can't do it. And then you do think, ah. I mean, Adam Lallana's an interesting example there as well. It's, you know, Lallana's gone on to Brighton, but the fact Lallana's fitness thing remains a thing. You know, he's, he's gone away to get it, to get more regular football and he'll have played more for Brighton last season than he would have done for Liverpool, probably. But, there's only a, there's only you know you don't just get to play fifty games of football a season because they're available to you. If Jordan Henderson's available to play fifty games a season, he'll play fifty games a season for Liverpool because that's how good he is. Um, and that's 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 one consideration. The good thing for me on this case before we kind of move on is I've seen it mentioned about like Michael Edwards is a is a you know a data guy. Ian Graham's a data guy. They've got lots and they've got scouts and they've got all these people. Klopp is an emotion guy, and Klopp's in the room. And as much as Klopp, you know, listens to the advice and listens to this, I think if, if it boils down to it and Jürgen has the final say, I I think Henderson is a rare example where emotion, if any, if emotion's likely to override the data ever so slightly, it would be for Jordan Henderson. Yeah, I think so. I think I think I remember reading the Klopp wanted Wijnaldum to stay, but that might not be one where you put your foot down. Whereas I think the captain of the football the club... Yeah, the captain of the football club probably is the one where you put your foot down on that type of thing, isn't it? It's I, I don't think he'll leave this summer um, because I don't think the plan's in place for Liverpool to have replaced him this summer. Yeah. I think that's where it comes down to and you can't, you can't let one of your mainstays of your team leave when you've already let another one of your mainstays leave. Certainly that midfield core. Mm -hmm. um, that would be a big ask, especially with a City side that was so good last season that we want to crack on against and beat to the title, win our title back as it were. So yeah, I can't imagine that he'll leave this summer, but I'm not 100% certain it'll be sorted out quickly either. Yeah, the only situation I think with Jordan Henderson should want to move on, because that's the point. If he thinks he's fit enough to play football, 
then he'll, he'll, I say, he'll, he'll play. He'll get games at Liverpool. He just will. He's the captain, and he's, there's no one better at doing what he does and on the books at the moment. Now, someone might come in, and that'll be a challenge for him to, to hold that down. And he might look at Milner and see a, see the fading of James Milner, and he might look at God. I don't really want to play centre half and right back and left back and all the things that I might end up doing. Um, but also the opposite. It's maybe that thing of maybe some maybe you know seeing Atletico Madrid and PSG being linked. Maybe there's some other clubs, and he's just thinking. I might not be able to play 50 games in the Premier League. Maybe I can't. But can I do that in a league that's less physically intense? And, that, and if that was the case, then you could. I think most of us would go, okay, I can understand that. It, yeah, it just feels a bit. It feels a bit more. It feels a bit like if there was lots of proper transfer news happening. I'm not sure this even gets the attention because it, it, at the moment it's a big. It's it's filling a big click gap in a lot of Liverpool-related websites and newspapers because it is a massive story. But if Liverpool were buying one of the targets they've been linked to, I don't see that this makes the paper this week. Maybe it makes the paper next week, or if it does, it's nowhere near the biggest story that that, that it kind of is. Um, There's another side to this story that we probably haven't really discussed, is that like if you go, if you do this, let's say, and you move on and you buy someone and Liverpool are good, it's quickly forgotten about. The problem with all of this stuff, it's like judging Liverpool's transfer window at the start of the transfer window. You can't. You'd have to judge it at the end when all the business is done. Like it might, it might. Listen, it might, and I don't think it is. It might be part of Liverpool's plan. Yeah. It might. It might just be that they need, they want to get rid of him, right? And the way to do that is for Henderson to ask to leave because it's much better from the club's perspective to have the fella leave I, so you can paint the picture in a different light. I said this yesterday on the on the on the show. I did. Is that a thing? That's what clubs do. Yeah. Is that Liverpool have come said they want him for life? Henderson's come out and said, "I want more money," and it's a possibility. I know he's not. He's not said, but the camp come out and said he could even leave this summer. It's all just. A, it's it's like it's like in it's like that famous Brit Awards argument, like Ronnie Wood and someone where they're having a, a wrestling style argument over one mic. <laughs> And you've got to go, well, you're an absolute gobshite and I've got a big problem with you. Yeah, I think I've got, you know what I mean? And that's a bit like what's happening. With, it's, it's all posturing. It's all part and parcel of, the, of, a, of a bigger a bigger scheme. Jordan will want a, a slightly longer contract and he'll want slightly more money probably. And he might want a couple of guarantees. And Liverpool will want to make sure that they've not got a football player who's earning far too many wages for a, for a diminishing impact on the starting eleven because they've been there before. But And the point I was making is, Fabinho 28, Henderson 31, Thiago 30, 31, James Milner 35. Is Fabinho even 28? Yeah, he's 28. Is yeah. he? Yeah. yeah. I thought he was like 26. And then you've got, and then, you know, so you've got, and then Genie Wan Alden 30 as well. You've got to refresh the midfield at some point, but I, it's mad. There's just, I, again, for me, I think it's a, it's a bit a bit too much out of not really at this point for a lad who's got two years left on his contract. Unless Jordan specifically forces a move, which I don't think will happen at all. I, again, it's, it is. It, it's papers talking. It's like Neil Jones, and we, we, I'll be talking to Neil Jones on Thursday, getting his insights on it because he's done some interesting things on goal uh, this week about it, about how you know both camps are happy with this information in the public sphere. None of them have gone, no, that's total nonsense. Retract that, or or, or, or try to cover this, or, or try to change the spin on it. Both clubs are reasonably happy with this out in the public domain, so there's clearly stuff happening. Um, but yeah, nothing, nothing at the moment, and I can't imagine there'll be a big, uh, too much movement in the short term, as Chris says. Etsham uh, Olsen with the super chat um, says, "Does Hendo leave with a bigger legacy than Jerry? Well, just let's, let's let's not get ahead of ourselves for a start. Like it's not like he's leaving. But this is kind of what I was saying just a minute ago, isn't it? Is that like you think it's the end of the frigging world when Gerard leaves, and then all of a sudden, a few years later, and people are asking questions like that? Yeah. 
Who would, who would have thought we'd be having exactly. this debate? And there were loads of people going, no. And I, 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 what I don't like about this, Ross, of course, is this this need for some to, to rank everything, for like Henderson to be more or less. Henderson will leave, in my opinion anyway, with at least a big, as big a legacy as any of the legends of the football club. He, he will be in the same legendary category as Phil Thompson and Graham Souness and Ian Rush and Steven Gerrard and Jamie Carragher, et cetera, et cetera. When you start when you start measuring, um, then look if you've got you, you feel free to have an opinion on this. By the way, but um, it's you get into dangerous territory where all of a sudden you've got people who are hating on Jordan Henderson because someone said that his legacy might be bigger than Gerrard's. So yeah, let's we can choose to get tangled in this one or not. I am so happy that you said that. To be honest, it, it's one of my pets on Twitter. It's very my dad's hard and your dad vibes. Like, what's the fucking point? <laughs> Messi or Ronaldo, they're both good. They're both fucking world class. Like, like the both of them. Gerard and it's messy. It's blatantly messy. Fucking hell. Oh, so Ronaldo shit is he? Yeah, hate yeah. Ronaldo. But <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. oh, the Ronaldo stuff, like he, he's he's got his own legacy. He's not it's not better than or worse than Gerard. He's got his own Liverpool story and what and what he's achieved, which you know he said is is immeasurable. So so is Gerard's. Um, you know, and again, let's let's not kind of decide anything just yet. But I, I, I was going to make the point that kind of Chris made there. If you know, I, I, I think first of all, I think it'd be reckless if he was to go this summer, and it'd be reckless and, and, and stupid because we haven't replaced Genie yet. And the, the midfield, as Chris said, is it's the engine of what, of what we do. Don't don't fucking put yourself into trouble, even more trouble, because that fear that Chris was talking about before, I've already got this season about our midfield because it's Oxlade-Chamberlain who might be playing a different role and it's Naby Keita and you're missing Genie for 51 games. Okay, I, I criticised Henson's injury record before, but you know you can't measure that stuff and who's going to be the leader if he goes? Who's stepping up? You've got James Milner. What is it? Is it, you know, who's who's going to nurture It's Virgil, you, you, isn't it? You, well, it's Virgil, but... You, who's you, but then Yeah. And then, well, yeah. just enough time to... Pass the torch to Trent then, isn't it? It's almost the perfect <laughs> okay, sort of in Doesn't matter. Chris has worked it all out. But that, that's a fair, you know, when you talk about going up and down the corridors, but those younger people, like, how do you perform off the field at Liverpool? What's the role? You know, who's who's nurturing Harvey Elliott? Like, I you know most Salah told them to stop eating bread the other day. But, you know, the, the, the bigger things of, of how you how you, how you you perform at Liverpool is what, what Henderson's about for me. And to lose that, as well as his on-field stuff, would be just be stupid. Yeah, it'd be, it, this is the thing about it, Emma. Let's let's we've 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 baited it from all the different angles. We've looked at it from the business perspective, and you know, and all. But ultimately, we're all fans, and we're all Jordan Henderson fans as well. I don't think any of us wants to see. You know, I went from a situation where the talk was Henderson will sign, has been offered a contract to see out his career at Liverpool, and I read that headline, didn't need to do any more digging into it, and that just made me dead happy because you know we've had this conversation in, on on Redmond for years about who would who who what type of player should be the player that does that. Because it never happens. We just don't have players retire at Liverpool in the same way. You know, Jamie Carragher, you know, is is a really big example of it. I'd like Jordan Henderson to be that because he's he's such a wonderful ambassador. But at 31, I can't imagine that he's thinking. You know, I don't think he probably wants to consider what he, what his life is like in, when he's 35. He just probably wants to play footy, and we all just want to see Jordan Henderson play footy at Liverpool. Yeah, it, it is one of those weird scenarios, isn't it, where you have to kind of take the fan out of you and actually look at it from a footballer's perspective, which is, this is their jobs. It's their day-to-day job to go out and play football. So ultimately, that's their priority. And yes, he like, undoubtedly loves Liverpool. He, he loves the fans, he loves the people, he loves the city, he loves the club. There's no question about that. But does he love it all above football? Probably not. So, you know, it will come down to 
whether or not he wants to play football regularly and or whatever and all the decisions around his personal football day-to-day job and that might not take into consideration what we would think about as fans but I mean, yeah, like we said before, the fact that we're even talking about this, when when Stevie G left, I was like, I don't think we'll ever see another player in my lifetime come around who has the same sort of impact as a captain and, you know, as kind of a legacy man. But Jordan Henderson is is Liverpool and, you know, and he's come around less than 10 years, really, since kind of yeah. Gerard left. So it's not to say, you know, I'm not diminishing who he is, but... It's not to say that Liverpool won't get another one in another 10, 20, 30 years. Like, yes, we might players... already have one in Trent. Yeah. Well, exactly. We genuinely might. might. Yeah. yeah. And, and yes, these players are absolute gold dust and you keep hold of them and you do everything you possibly can. But it's, it isn't the world ending. So he's, th- he's 31. Again, this is the thing for me, Chris. Is this, why, this is why this is, it's, it's just too early to be having these conversations about Jordan Henderson, about who's next and who takes over. He's got, even if he only plays 25 games a season for the next three or four years they're 20 you're getting 25 amazing games out of Jordan Henderson no, no matter what and again all the things that come with it and all the, and the hard training and the right ethics and like what we didn't do with Gerard and it's interesting when you see him hanging out with Jude Bellingham at the at the Euros throwing his weight around as Liverpool captain throwing his reputation around a little bit more Gerard never felt like it always felt an awkward fit with Stevie for that whereas you know you want again Jordan Henderson Jordan Henderson the ambassador, all the things that go around him. What we should be looking at is, it's just a no-brainer to me. He's got those two years, he should be doing those notes, those another two years without a doubt. And I, I don't know what would be on the table after that, but even if you know, it's only another two years on top, four, take Jordan Henderson to 35, you know, 34, 35 would be... Yeah, well, the, qu- the, the question for me becomes, sign him up on a deal, right? Give him the money that he wants or close to as you can afford. In two years' time, if he's not happy and he, it's a footballing decision why he wants to leave, he'll take a pay cut to go somewhere else and play football. Yeah. He's not going to sit there for two years. Jordan Henderson is not one of those players who's going to sit there not playing he's and not, make your he's money. He's not Lazar No, he's not. And he won't. And he'll just he'll just go, boss, it hasn't quite worked out here. I want to go and play football. Sound. You've protected yourself in the short term. You've probably protected yourself long term as well. If he does make enough games, if the injuries go away, if he continues to be a part of your first team, if he's worth the money, you'll continue to pay him. If he's not getting the games, he'll probably move on. Yeah, absolutely. Get it sorted, Liverpool. Just get it boss. Give him what he wants. Um, yes, and uh, the I'll be we'll be I'll be revealing what the book looks like later this week, and hopefully it's all fine. Uh, and I haven't pissed away six months of my life. Um, Jota is back in training uh, on Wednesday, Ross. It's just another nice little lift there you know the Welsh lads are coming back he, he's back in he'll be back in as well and all of a sudden you know we having a conversation last week about who will play and who won't play you know opportunities for people by next week we're going to have potentially Mane, Salah and Jota available for the, almost the entirety of the, of the pre-season run which is just splendid it's just like little injections of happiness isn't it those, those pre-season the photos that you do get injections like, okay what did you think I said yeah, I don't know. Well, we had pre-com talk at the start, so who knows? Um, oh. oh, yeah. Um, no, I'm not on the come run. But, um, yeah, I, I, just, <laughs> I did get it. Chris told me to. Yeah, um, yeah injections of Harry. Sorry, Chris. Yeah, I got excited when I started seeing centre-backs. And, you know, it's I, we've all... I don't think most of us here aren't, aren't massive England fans, so it's getting back to that fresh start, you know, the, the signs of the season kind of starting. So... Jota's actually one that I kind of forgotten about, if I'm being completely honest. Um, you know, no, no kind of discredit to him, but I was so 
I was so taken by all the centre backs and see that even last night seen videos of Gomez and Virgil Van Dijk doing like little wrestling training together and John Matip just taking every everybody on like that's that stuff kind of it's getting me excited for for the season. So to kind of add to that and kind of realise, you know, we've well I've complained about lack of squad depth and stuff like that. When you look at who we have got, we're actually quite spoiled and and Jota is one of them. You know, hopefully you can have a, a decent run this season and we'll get played in the pointless game that doesn't matter in games you. Yeah. It's, uh, that, that, that's a thing, in it? And Emma, just sort of lastly on this, you know, it, it bodes well. I, I like all the, the rumblings coming out of the camp. I like Klopp talking about, you know, and, 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 and Linda's talking about this is going back to basics and getting all the squad together and doing the team bonding. All the things that Liverpool lacked last season and so much of what this, this team is built on is its unity. Um, I, I, I love it. It makes me feel so happy. I, I am more confident of Liverpool winning the league in one week of training photos than I've been for you know in in probably the thirty years leading up to us actually winning the title. Um, it is. It's just lovely to see. And again, having as many of those lads available as possible. And again, all the transfers starting to happen and stuff. It just the the air of positivity is back, and I genuinely love it. Yeah, and I think the key word is training the fact that they're actually training because all of last season there was just no time to train you know Klopp spoke about it regularly in between games like the schedule was just ridiculous it was play travel recover like you couldn't work on actual you know gameplays or formations or tactics or anything like that you couldn't actually individually train people because it was just yeah it was just constant kind of mad schedule time so the fact that you've got all these players who are first team players as well that are going to be playing regularly in pre-season nice and early, getting in that valuable training time, hopefully, you know, in terms of what they're actually working on on the pitch can develop in these next couple of weeks so that actually come the start of the season, it's not a question of who's fit, who's available or, you know, who, who can just get us through the, the 90 minutes. It's no, we've actually got something to work on here and it's going to be more kind of focused on the actual tactics as opposed to the fitness, which for me... Yeah. It's the most exciting thing. Yeah, that's just the thing, isn't it? Jurgen Klopp is a, is a manager who, you know, we, we all want these new, sh the new shiny things and we all want the new sign. And there's not a Liverpool fan who doesn't want us to go and buy a few players in the window. And you can make it as uh, you can, you can scale your argument and how much anger is behind, angst is behind that argument, depending on whatever your mood is feeling the day. But the most encouraging thing for me is that, you know, look, It'd be, I would, I would, I think we would all prefer if Liverpool had owners who would just throw money at a problem. I think we would. You know, I, I like the fact that Liverpool. I, I like how Liverpool are run generally. I like the fact that they live within the means because there's a there's an honour to it that that I don't see in the likes of PSG and and and, and Man City. And we're also not fucked like Barcelona, which is how it could go. It could go the other way. But Jurgen Klopp is the best in the world at getting the best out of what he's got, regardless of what that is. Um, and that's the thing that makes me happy is there's a, there's, regardless of what happens Chris there's a boss bunch of lads there there's some brilliant young talent there even the lads who we're all a bit bored of and would happily move on there's, even our worst case scenario is a hell of a lot better than it's looked for the vast majority of our time following following Liverpool that's it isn't it I mean look it, it, it might not be music to many people's ears that Ox is being retrained in a wing position it's not music to mine either, to be perfectly honest with you. But the lad can still play football. It's just that he's not been out on the pitch. And, you know, people will wonder whether he's going to make it out on the pitch this season or not. But as you say, Paul, you know, compared to the squad of five years ago, this squad's 10 times better. You know, and that's kind of it. That's kind of it. You just have to look at Klopp's first game in charge. You look at you look at the way the team plays. You have to look at the way they finished the season last season to, to know that they were on a par with any team in the league at the back end of the last season, if not better than 19 maybe 
maybe maybe maybe all 19 of them this squad is brilliant this team is brilliant this manager is brilliant um if we can get a couple of fresh faces through the door i have no doubt that we'll be challenging manchester city again yeah. and even if we're not i still think we would you know what i mean because the point is is that you made this point you can go out and buy you can go and spend 100 million pounds on kane and 100 million pounds on grealish there's only so many points you can win there's only so much more you can do in a, in a league. There's not loads more for Man City to improve. You know, the, the case is that you, you, you've got to be careful of a couple of your other near rivals undercutting you, perhaps. But Liverpool are still more than capable of beating anyone on the day. And they're still definitely miles better than the dross in the league. My thing on this is that we, we, we never, at no point last season did we see our best 11. Hmm. And that's a big consideration that we forget about. At no point did we see... Allison, Robbo, Virgil, Gomez could pick anyone. You know, big matter alongside Trent, Fabinho, Henderson, Thiago, Mane, Salah, Firmino. At no point did we see that eleven last season. At I really any saw point. our first choice midfield once when all four were available. That was Everton, wasn't it? The closest we came was Everton, and we had Adrian in goal for that game. Mad. So yeah, um, so yeah. Basically, I mean, look, I'm seeing a lot of people getting wild, round, wound up and riled up by, and I said, look, eleven years we've been doing this. You see the same thing season in, season out, and all I'll say is they, they might be perfectly reasonable, rational fears to have around things, and they might be absolutely spot on, but they're less likely to be spot on than they were ten years ago. Uh, but people were still having the same fears and doubts. Um, so yeah, so to take take that to mean what you will. But yeah, thank you so much, everyone who's joined us for the podcast. That's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, as if you want to get that full Jurgen Klopp interview, it's a doozy. Uh, it's going to put a massive smile on your face. Talking about some of the great moments of Jordan Henderson's career, some of the big highlights of the last few years, Barcelona and Madrid, and all those things in between. There's an exclusive interview with Trent, Stephen Gerrard, Jamie Carragher, uh, Kenny Dalglish, Peter Moore, and our three-part Henderson documentary series. And if you want more transfer stuff, then don't worry, we've got you covered. Uh, we've got the Transfer Insights show live on Thursday on YouTube. Transfer Inside Extra is every week as well. And we've got the Res Transfer Roundup show every single Wednesday looking at all these transfers and ins and outs and all the big stories around Liverpool. Uh, so yeah, if you want more content from us, we have got you covered. TheRedMenTV.com. Uh, there is a fantastic competition as well, which I promised I'd t- share more details with. That will follow right now. But thank you so much to Emma, to Ross, to Chris, and to all you wonderful humans in the comments, but not the knobs. Uh, and we'll see you for another Redmen podcast next week. Ta-ra. <laughs>